You're listening to WERU 89.9 FM Blue Hill, 99.9 FM Bangor, down east, along the main coast, and online, streaming around the world. I'm Max, here in the studio with my close and trusted four-legged friend, Kimo Sabi, and we are off the charts. Whether we like it or not, we all think we know what folk music is. In truth, however, it is a term so loosely applied in music today as to be nearly meaningless. What is folk music? Louis Armstrong said that all music was folk music. In many respects, he may be right. Perhaps the greatest song collector and scholar of folk songs, Cecil Sharp, said there is no such thing as American folk music. However outrageous a statement, he too may have been correct. Today and for the next two weeks, we're going to explore the root of American folk music. Traditional songs and ballads. What are they? Where do they come from? And why should we care? Both Louis Armstrong and Cecil Sharp would agree. The water is wide. Thank you. 
Today's program will feature American singer, author, and song collector John Langstaff, whose recordings drawn mostly from the original songs and arrangements collected in the field, both in the countryside of the British Isles and America's Appalachian Mountains. They offer perhaps the best glimpse into the magic of the traditional folk song. Shorn of any specific genre instrumentation, this, these remarkable recordings and performances perhaps best illustrate the traditional song's power, lyric grace, and musicality. 
he is unique in his approach to what we call the folk song, in part because he's a classically trained musician, a singer about whom the New York Times commented, it is not often that one encounters a singer with such a natural, natural gift for music. A singer the Washington Post once suggested might be the greatest American singer of his generation. To most of us who live in New England and much of the country, we know John Langstaff as the creator of the Christmas Revels, the celebration of the winter solstice, an annual ritual passage today beloved by families throughout the country. For the next two weeks, he'll be joined by Paul Simon, Bruce Springsteen, Pete Seeger, Jim Rooney, Peter, Paul, and Mary, Steve Winwood, Gene Ritchie, James Taylor, the Rankins, and more. Now, what you might be thinking is, what does all this have to do with folk music? This doesn't sound like folk music to me. What John Langstaff will provide us is an opportunity to hear the traditional folk ballad without the distraction of the performer's music or genre limitations and personality. A chance to hear the song for its own musical beauty and impact. Not generally how we listen to music today. For John Langstaff, it was always about the song. If you can hear a great folk song arranged as it was originally collected in the field, you can appreciate its inherent power. Most important, through the song, you begin to see how and where so many of our cultural values, our ethos and beliefs traveled. They are in the songs. As well, in so many ways, you can also more fully understand where the musical inspiration and the styles of popular music giants of the 20th century came from, why and how folk music has had such a strong pull on more contemporary songwriters, from Elvis to the Beatles, Elton John, Peter, Paul, and Mary, Jack White, Mark Knopfler from Dire Straits, Johnny Cash, Joni Mitchell, and so many other new artists today. Folk music is not all about Bob Dylan. It has been one of the two core source inspirations that represent the foundation of American music, and in fact, the basis for popular music. I'm not aware that there are any other recordings of so many of the original collected versions of traditional folk songs than those of John Langstaff. Most of the versions we hear are interpretations or rearrangements of the original, discovered songs. As incongruous as it may seem, given our popular biases and misunderstanding of what folk music really is, it is John Langstaff's classical professional training that provides such a special and unique insight into the traditional song. Rather than make the song an expression of himself, which is the fundamental popular expression of music today, he is able to deliver the power of the song. Today, we're used to hearing the performer do a song. John Langstaff lets us hear the song without the declarative pop culture limitation. As well, most of the core melodies from many of the greatest and most beloved great works in classical music, and what we think of as church music, be it Anglo or African American, can be traced back to the unwritten melodies found in the rural villages and communities from Maine to California, from Europe to Africa, Asia, and beyond. Songs that have no author, melodies that have been around for hundreds of years, and lyrics so mystical and mysterious, we still are not sure where they came from or what they mean. We hunger to know who wrote them, it is poetry that has been shaped by generations unknown. We recognize something in these songs, perhaps because it is we who wrote them, not someone else, not some professional songwriter expressing their views. They tell our story. They express our view. They remind us of who we are. These songs are the fundamental source material not only for contemporary popular music, but classical composers as well. It is the bedrock of music as we know it today. The traditional folk song is the glue from which all music is built. So perhaps Louis Armstrong was right. All music is folk music. Today we're going to start with a frog and a mouse. As is so often revealed in great traditional folk songs, these animals, who are such a common part of our lives, are perhaps best equipped to tell us something about ourselves, our best teachers. If you listen to the words... You can see how these traditional songs imparted values such as trust, ethical behavior, and so much more through the stories they tell. This was the essence and in many respects the key part of the purpose and value of these songs. It is also why they lasted. The traditional song, as entertaining as it might seem, has a more fundamental purpose. It created community values and beliefs. It brought news. It was the television, the movie theater, the concert hall, radio, newspaper, and church all wrapped up in one before any of them existed. 
the role of the singer was not just to entertain, but to impart. Recorded at Abbey Road and produced by the Beatles producer George Martin, John Langstaff sings a collected variant in its most traditional arrangement, a cappella, without instrumentation. What we'll do is explore the same song, arranged or interpreted slightly differently, all original variants collected in different parts of the Southern Appalachians, with the same singer. So you won't be distracted by different performers, until we arrive at the most popular version you all know, A Frog Went A-Courtin'. We'll then hand it off to Bruce Springsteen, a rock artist, who will transform this ancient traditional song into a more contemporary pop song. There was a frog lived in a well, whipsy diddly dandy dee. There was a mouse lived in a mill, whipsy diddly dandy dee. This frog he would a wooing ride with sword and buckler by his side, with a harem scarum diddle um darum, whipsy diddly dandy dee. He rode till he came to Mouse's Hall, whipsy diddly dandy dee, where he most tenderly did call, whipsy diddly dandy dee. Oh, Mistress Mouse, are you at home? And if you are, oh, pray come down with a harem scarum diddle um darum, whipsy diddly dandy dee. My Uncle Rat is not at home, whipsy diddly dandy dee. I dare not for my life come down, whipsy diddly dandy dee. Then Uncle Rat, he soon comes home, and who's been here since I've been gone? With a harem scarum diddle um darum, whipsy diddly dandy dee. Here's been a fine young gentleman, whipsy diddly dandy dee, who swears he'll have me if he can, whipsy diddly dandy dee. Then Uncle Rat gave his consent and made a handsome settlement with a harem scarum diddle um darum, whipsy diddly dandy dee. Four partridge pies with season made, whipsy diddly dandy dee. Two potted larks and marmalade, whipsy diddly dandy dee. Four woodcocks and a venison pie. I would that at that feast were I with a harem scarum diddle um darum, whipsy diddly dandy dee. There was a frog lived in the spring Sing song, kitty, can't you carry me, oh He was so fat that he could not swim Sing song, kitty, can't you carry me, oh He me, oh, me carry me, oh, me dearie, oh Me well, me high, me ho Me in comes Sally, single, sometime penny winkle In stepped Nipcat, hit him with a brick bat Sing song, kitty, can't you carry me, oh Who's been here since I've been gone Sing song, kitty, can't you carry me, oh? A pretty little man with his new shoes on. Sing song, kitty, can't you carry me, oh? He me, oh, me carry me, oh, me dearie, oh, me well, me high, me ho. Me in comes Sally, single, sometime penny winkle, in steps nip cap, hit him with a brick bat. Sing song, kitty, can't you carry me, oh? A pretty little dandy man, said she. Sing song, kitty, can't you carry me, oh, with a crooked back and a striped knee. Sing song, kitty, can't you carry me, oh, he me, oh, me carry me, oh, me dearie, oh, me well, me high, me ho. Me in comes Sally, single, sometime penny winkle, in stepped nip cap, hit him with a brick bat. Sing song, kitty, can't you carry me, oh. The frog went to swimming across the lake. Sing song, kitty, can't you carry me, oh, he got swallowed by a big black snake. Sing song, kitty, can't you carry me, oh? He me, oh, me carry me, oh, me dearie, oh, me well, me high, me ho. Me in comes Sally, single, sometime penny winkle, in steps nip cat, hit him with a brick bat. Sing song, kitty, can't you carry me, oh? Well, what you heard were two straight versions, uh, different variants. One was the frog in the well, the first version, a cappella. The second, accompanied by uh, the great uh, classical uh, accompanist on piano, Gerald Moore, um, uh, is being performed called The Frog and the Mouse. And this next version is uh, produced by uh, uh, George Martin, who you all know from Beatle fame, recorded in Abbey Road. And the song, The Frog and the Well, is transformed into a children's song. And uh, um, the interesting thing is that there's no such thing as a children's folk song. It's a complete myth. Folk songs are not written specifically for children. They were uh, adapted and uh, brought into school systems, and, and, and a lot of them have a lot of sort of nonsensical, childlike qualities to them that make them people think that they're children's songs, but they're not. And the reason for a lot of that uh, uh, language and, and the way the songs are constructed or have evolved over time, because there's no author connected to these songs, is to make them more entertaining. But um, they're specifically not children's songs. But 
they often the way to get folk songs into the sort of popular vernacular in recorded music they uh, sold them the record companies would sell them as children's songs so today we think of children's folk songs and so they began to become arranged that way so here's a version of uh, the Frog in the Well by John Langstaff again, produced by uh, George Martin, uh, arranged by Ron Howard, excuse me, arranged by Ron Goodwin, uh, one of Britain's great uh, composers and arrangers, uh, recorded at Abbey Road Studios to make it seem like a children's song. There was a frog lived in the spring, sing song, titty, can't you kind me, oh. He was so fat that he could not swim. Sing song, titty, can't you kind me, oh. He me, oh, me kind me, oh, me dearie, oh, me well, me high, me ho. Me in come Sally, single, sometime penny winkle, in stepped nip cat, hit him with the brick bat. Sing song, titty, can't you kind me, oh. Who's been here since I've been gone? Sing song, kitty, can't you kind me, oh? A pretty little man with his new shoes on. Sing song, kitty, can't you kind me, oh? Kee me, oh, me kind me, oh, me dearie, oh, me well, me high, me ho. Me in comes Sally, single, sometime penny winkle, in step, nip cat, hit him with the brick bat. Sing song, kitty, can't you kind me, oh? Pretty little dandy man, said she. Sing song, kitty, can't you me, oh? With a crooked back and a striped knee. Sing song, kitty, can't you me, oh? me, oh, me, me, oh, me, dearie, oh, me, well, me, high, me, ho. Me in comes Sally, single, sometime penny winkle, in step, nip cat, hit him with a brick bat. Sing song, kitty, can't you me, oh? Frog went to swimming across the lake. Sing song, kitty, can't you cry me oh? He got swallowed by a big black snake. Sing song, kitty, can't you cry me oh? He me oh, me kind me oh, me dearie oh, me well, me high, me ho. Me in sometime, penny winkle, in stepped a nip cat, hit him with a brick bat. Sing song, kitty, can't you cry me Well, um, the next version of the song, uh, which you'll recognize because it's um, um, the most popular version of the song, the one that most people know and ended up in American schools, European schools, English schools for sure, uh, A Frog Went a Courtin'. And again, it's performed to make it feel like a children's song. And afterwards, we're going to play a different variant of the same song, uh, also collected in the Southern Appalachians, arranged by... Uh, um, one of the great classical composers, John Powell, great 20th century classical composers. And, uh, but in the meantime, let's listen to the uh, children's version, the song that sort of we all know and maybe grew up singing, and uh, A Frog Went a Courtin'. Frog went a courtin', he did ride. Mm-hmm. Frog went a courtin', he did ride. Sword and pistol by his side. Mm-hmm. When upon his high horse set When upon his high horse set His boots they shone as black as jet He rode right up to Mouse's Hall He rode right up to Mouse's Hall Where he most tenderly did call Oh, Mistress Mouse, are you within? Oh, Mistress Mouse, are you within? Yes, kind frog, I sit to spin. He took Miss Mousy on his knee. He took Miss Mousy on his knee. Pray, Miss Mouse, will you marry me? Without my Uncle Rat's consent. Without my Uncle Rat's consent, I would not marry the president. Then Uncle Rat, he soon comes home Then Uncle Rat, he soon comes home Who's been here since I've been gone? A pretty little dandy man, says she A pretty little dandy man, says she Who swears he wants to marry me Where will the wedding breakfast be? 
way down yonder in a hollow tree. What will the wedding breakfast be? Three green beans and a black-eyed pea. Who will make the wedding gown? Old Miss Rat from Pumpkin Town. That Uncle Rat gave his consent. And that's the way the marriage went. First to come in was a little white moth. The first to come in was a little white moth to spread on the tablecloth. Next to come in was a big black bug. Next to come in was a big black bug. On his back was a cider jug. Next to come in was Mr. Coon. Next to come in was Mr. Coon, waving about a silver spoon. Oh, the next to come in was a spotted snake. The next to come in was a spotted snake, passing round the wedding cake. Next to come in was a bumblebee. Next to come in was a bumblebee, a banjo buckled on his knee. Next to come in was a nimble flea. Next to come in was a nimble flea, to dance a jig for the bumblebee. Next to come in was the old grey goose. Next to come in was the old grey goose, she picked up a fiddle and she got loose. Next to come in were two little ants. Next to come in were two little ants, fixin' round to have a dance. Next to come in was a little old fly. Next to come in was a little old fly. He ate up all the wedding pie. Next to come in was a little old chick. so much it made him sick. Who the last to come in was the old Tomcat. The last to come in was the old Tomcat. He says, I'll put a stop to that. The frog and the mouse, they went to France. The frog and the mouse, they went to France. And this is the end of my romance. Frog's bridle and saddle are laid on the shelf. Frog's bridle and saddle laid on the shelf. If you want any more, you must sing it yourself. So most of us might walk away from that song and say, oh, what a wonderful little children's song. We remember it as kids, but it's really not a children's song. And uh, this next uh, same song, um, actually, uh, Frog Went a Courtin'. And uh, this is also John Langstaff, and it's with John Powell. And as I was discussing earlier, when a classical musician or classically trained musicians get a hold of some of this core traditional material, uh, they add some fairly sophisticated arrangements to it, but it is the same song, the same melody. And here you hear a very sort of modern version. However, it is the, still the traditional melody and the traditional lyrics. This is a different variant. When we say variant, for example, when someone goes out and collects songs, they might hear in one town a version of the song, and then in a town 50 miles away, the same song in a slightly different version. Slightly different lyrics, a slightly different melody. And that's how folk music traveled. You have to realize before recording, when music became fixed, and people sort of all heard the same version of it. Um, in the old days, you might take a song like the Beatles' Let It Be. Um, it, in the folk tradition, it might have morphed into different lyrics, different sensibilities, slightly different melodies, and different communities over time because nobody had a reference recording of it. And that's how it happened. It was whatever worked for that community and how that worked, and it tended to evolve from the values of that particular community. So if you wanted to know who a people were, anthropologists certainly and others, listen to the music. It'll tell you an enormous amount, particularly the traditional folk song. So this next version is the same song, Frog Went a Courtin'. And this is really 
uh, a variant, but it's not. It, it, it illustrates that it's not a children's song. And if you listen carefully to the lyrics, you come away with a sort of subtle uh, message of trust, the issues of a behavior and how bad behavior can destroy a family or a community. All these larger issues come through in this very little song. And it's really quite remarkable. It's a slightly darker version of A Frog Went Accordant, and I think in many respects, one of the most interesting. The frog went coating and he did ride to the loo loo The frog went coating and he did ride to the loo The frog went coating and he did ride his sword and pistol by his side. Sing to the loo
The first came in the bumblebee, toodaloodaloodalay. The first came in the bumblebee, toodaloodalay. The first came in the bumblebee and played the bagpipe on his knee. Sing toodaloo, toodaloo, toodaloodalay. Next came in the hopper grass, toodaloodaloo. And next came in the hopper grass, who danced the hornpipe first and last. Sing toodaloo, toodaloo, toodaloodaloo. The next to come was Mistress Cat, toodaloodaloodaloo. The next to come was Mistress Cat, toodaloodaloo. The next to come was Mistress Cat. Danced a jig with Uncle Rat. Sing toodaloo, toodaloo, toodaloodaloo. And Mistress Mouse was put to bed. Toodaloodaloodaloo. And Mistress Mouse was put to bed. Toodaloodaloo. And Mistress Mouse was put to bed. And Mistress Cat slept at the head. Sing toodaloo, toodaloo, toodaloodaloo. Then Mistress Cat did eat Miss Mouse, toodaloo, a lay. Then Mistress Cat did eat Miss Mouse, toodaloo, a lay. Then Mistress Cat did eat Miss Mouse, and that was the end of that whole house. Sing toodaloo, It's interesting because a song like that raises a specter and a conversation within a community through the song of certain kinds of values, trust, behavior, conduct, uh, the importance of uh, how you treat others. Um, it's very, very interesting, sort of in a very dark way, um, but in a very benign way, in a sense that by using nature, by using animals, by using the, our connectedness to the earth, gives it a certain kind of credibility for a traditional song. And if you listen to most traditional songs, there is some connection to nature somewhere. And I find that absolutely fascinating. Um, obviously, it's some, something that we should care about and uh, something that is so very, very, very profoundly, fundamentally important to us. I mean, the traditional song really falls into the realm of what so much of what Joseph Campbell talks about and the power of myth and all of the mythos that makes people who they are, our cultures who we are, and what really, really matters to us on a core spiritual level. So let's take that song, let's move uh, this song, uh, and we'll move off of frogs very shortly, but let's take this song and give it to a popular rock artist like Bruce Springsteen. So how do we hear these songs today sort of in our contemporary vernacular, uh, sort of thrown out there along with everything else. This is what that traditional song is likely to sound like today. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
Quite a remarkable song to be able to withstand that level of variation. And that's a really good measure of uh, how powerful these uh, traditional folk songs are. The interesting thing is that because they've been around, many of them, for hundreds and hundreds of years, some four or five hundred years or further, they've been honed over time. And uh, the music of any particular era has been uh, honed over time so that the lesser songs have disappeared and the great songs have, have remained. So what we have today for the most part, these are remarkable songs that are just fabulous. Um, they're, they're more insightful, more incisive than um, most of the contemporary music we have today because it's not just entertainment. It's about so much more. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to play some uh, more uh, uh, traditional folk songs. And, you know, a lot of people ask, what is folk music? You know, in the simplest terms, uh, a traditional folk song has never been written down. It has not been authored by a professional writer. You can't go back through time and go, oh, it was written by this person at that particular time. It's not professional. It's music that we don't have any idea exactly where it came from. Um, they came from the towns and villages, virtually always rural. Um, they came from the people. It's unmediated music from the people. And um, it's not professional in that sense. Obviously, it's being performed by professionals, which we're going to listen to now, some contemporary artists performing some old, old, old songs. And as Mark Knopfler said from Dire Straits, if you want your music to resonate and to really be rich as a songwriter today, you need to know your roots. You need to know where this stuff came from. You need to be connected to that. And certainly very few artists um, are more aware, certainly, of the American uh, or the folk tradition, both in America and Great Britain, than Mark Knopfler. But I'm going to play a song now, a performance of a, a classic um, a traditional folk song called One Morning in May. And this is a performance by uh, Jim Rooney. Now, many of you know Jim Rooney is a producer. You know his work, certainly his work, Other Voices with Nancy Griffith, and he's uh, certainly won uh, the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award uh, in Americana, which I think he would probably find amusing. The whole term and concept of Americana is just a marketing term. It has no musical uh, uh, value, really. And then, um, in addition to that, uh, Jim is uh, was the... Uh, director for a number of years of the Newport Folk Festival during its heyday. A very interesting career, wonderful man, one of our great, great producers, and um, you certainly know his music. But this is, a lot of people don't know that Jim is a performer in his own right, and here's a wonderful version by him of One Morning in May, and we're going to follow that up by a, a version of a song uh, performed by uh, Steve Winwood in Traffic, the uh, legendary British rock band of one of the great, great uh, classical ballads of all time, John Barleycorn. One morning 
One morning, one morning in May I spied a fair couple making their way And one was a maiden so bright and so fair The other was a soldier and a brave volunteer Good morning, good morning, good morning to thee Are you going, my pretty lady? Oh, I'm going to the banks of the sea To see the waters gliding, hear the nightingales sing Well, they hadn't been a-standing but a minute or two when out from his knapsack a fiddle he drew And the tune he was playing made the valleys all ring Oh, see the waters gliding, hear the nightingale sing Pretty lady, pretty lady, it's time to give all. Oh no, pretty soldier, please play one tune more. For I'd rather hear your fiddle or the touch of one string than to see the waters gliding, hear the nightingale sing. Pretty soldier, pretty soldier, will you marry me? Oh no, pretty lady, that never can be. I've a wife in old London and children twice three. Two wives in the armies, too many. Well, I'll go back to London and I'll stay there one year And often I'll think of you, my little dear And when I return it will be in the spring To see the waters gliding, hear the nightingale sing And 
That was a, a basically a rewriting of the legendary uh, traditional ballad called John Barleycorn by Traffic and Steve Winwood, and uh, they were very much inspired by uh, the traditional British uh, folk song and uh, ballads uh, in their country. And uh, a lot of people know that from that album John Barleycorn by Traffic um, uh, from the 1960s. 
and uh, one of their biggest selling albums. And uh, again, it speaks to the power of these old songs. So we're now going to go back to the 16th century and um, a long way back. And we're going to listen to the, one of the original uh, variants uh, collected uh, from John Barleycorn as done by John Langstaff. The song itself is a, is a really personification of alcohol. And uh, the message of the song, which is quite interesting, goes back to what we were talking about earlier about the purpose of a folk song. But the message talks about and speaks to suffering um, and uh, uh, indignity and death. And it's very, very interesting. This is one of the most legendary folk songs um, in the entire sort of catalog of, of songs that we have. And uh, here's um, one of the original versions. came from the west their victory to try and they have taken a solemn oath John Barleycorn should die for the doll the for the doll the upon his head and they have taken a solemn oath John Barleycorn is dead for the doll the for the doll the That surprised them all. For the doll, the Didier. For the doll, the Didier. So became a man for the doll, the Didier, for the doll, the Didier. Then they sent men with sighs so sharp to cut him off at knee, and then. For Johnny Barleycorn, they served him barbarously. For the doll, the Didier, for the doll, the Didier. Oh, 